all If only you know it There's such a lot of living to do They're sassy, sexy, spunky, witty, and best of all, opinionated. They are the girlfriends. And now here are Shelly, Whitney, and Shauna. Hi, everybody. Welcome. I'm so glad you tuned in to The Girlfriends on webtalkradio.net. It's Shauna, and I'm going solo today, but I'm here with another girlfriend, Lauren, and we are on a an excursion up to Cheesehead Country, Wisconsin. We're driving up so that I can share with you some tips on getting your summer started. That's right. We're going to interview DJ Duskner, who is a tennis professional, and he is going to give us some tips on the good old game of tennis. And also Dave Hawkins, which is a golf professional, and he's going to give us some tips on golf. So, two really great games that you can have for a lifetime and play. Um, we are going through Wisconsin. It's absolutely beautiful. We're seeing a lot of cows and pigs. Everything is really green. Summer's going on. We've had a lot of rain here in the Chicago land. And we decided that we would just want to take a drive and do some interviews on getting your summer started and playing two games of a lifetime. DJ, hi, nice to meet you. I'm Shauna Montgomery. Hi, Shauna, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, and I'm here with my girlfriend, Lauren Whitecall. Hi, Lauren. Hi, nice to meet you, DJ. Nice to drove up yesterday in our car, and it is so gorgeous up here in Wisconsin. It's beautiful. Everything's green, it's lush, it's a gorgeous day, and... Um, just to let everybody know, we're with DJ Dunsker, and he is a tennis professional. He's presently employed, and he has been for the last uh, two years, at the most exclusive club in Wisconsin, um, Lake Geneva Country Club. It is a beautiful club. We are out here. We're in his tennis little home here, and he is going to give us lots of tips and everything on how to get your summer game on with tennis. But just to give you a little bit of background on DJ, um, he has been professionally coaching tennis and teaching for what, like the past? 16 years. 16 years, that's yeah. awesome. And you obviously this is your passion and you love it. Absolutely, yeah, I've been doing it for a long time and um, I've got a, a long history of uh, playing as a junior and coaching as a professional, so I just love the whole game around. So tell me, what, here, what is your, um, who are you actually teaching? What's your age bracket? Uh, the whole gamut. I'm working with juniors uh, as young as four years old. And oh, my gosh. All the way up to adults, and gosh, they can go as, as old as they are here at the club, so... Um, the whole range from juniors to adults. Well, as I understand it, Lake Geneva Country Club is having their 100th year clubhouse. Wow. I know. And I always feel like, you know, <laughs> after 100 years, every woman or man needs a facelift. So I think they're doing a lot to their clubhouse. But the members here, it's one of the oldest, oldest country clubs. So um, what would you say is your oldest person that you've, you've taught, that you're teaching now? 90? Um, no. I would probably say in their 80s. 80s. Well, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. 
So it's really, tennis is really a game of a lifetime. It's a lifetime sport. So, um, you know, it's for any, uh, any gender, any age, and whether you're athletic or not, it's still a great game to play. That is really, you know, I, yeah. I play tennis and golf, and I find tennis is probably such a, an aerobic, great workout, training, exercise mm-hmm. of all the sports. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel that you have to really stay up on it. You do very true. Um, yeah, tennis is it's a it's an interesting sport because not only is stamina involved, you know, you have to um, really kind of put forth the effort off the court as what you do on the court. Um, cardio tennis is something that's popular within the last fifteen twenty years, mm-hmm. which is really an aerobic activity that um, is done on courts uh, with music and lots of. Running, uh, agility, fo- footwork, agility, and um, uh, it really focuses on that key individual that really wants to get a good workout, but also play tennis at the same time. So it kind of combines the two, which is kind of neat. That's great. That's great. Now, what is that? An hour? So it's like a class. It's a class. Yep, we run it here at Lake Geneva Country Club, eight o'clock to nine o'clock a.m. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Tell me something. Let me go back a little bit and rewind because I'd like to know a little bit about your background. Yeah. So, as I understand, you are a native of Naperville, Illinois. Well, I'm from Glen Ellen. Oh, so great. Right down the road. You, yeah. And, Lauren, you're up there somewhere, yeah. aren't you? I'm from Orland Park. Yeah. Oh, very so, nice. <laughs> um, so, give us a little, some pointers on your background. Yeah. So, uh, growing up in Naperville, um, which my folks still live there. Um, gosh, the town is booming. Um, it used to be, I don't know, gosh, in the, uh, I don't know, thousands, high thousands, and now it's up to, gosh, nearly 130,000. So it's just grown rapidly as a city. Um, so that's where my childhood kind of remains, um, playing junior tennis and high school tennis. When did you start playing tennis, though, as a child? I would say my first picked up my first racket at the age of five. Now, was your dad a tennis player? He was. Oh, see, yep. it's interesting. So, so I learned from my dad. He played college tennis as well. Oh. Um, we've actually got a long heritage of family tennis players, so kind of comes from a long line of of that tradition. But uh, first, kind of learning the game from my dad, and going from there, and you know. Um, kind of learning the, the game um, as a junior, but really didn't get super involved competitively until I was about nine or ten. So, tournament play and traveling from city to city, playing different tournaments against different kids. So you played in high school, then you played in college. Correct. And then um, one of your students told me that you were the recipient of the. The Red and White Award, which I know is a really, really prestigious yes. award. Yes. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So that was kind of a neat um, honor. Uh, it's given to a senior athlete um, in high school, and the Red and White Award basically describes the the person as an athlete and as a student. So their determination, their succeed to you know their will to win. Um, on court and off court, helping others, um, 
basically uh, putting 110% in every day um, that, you know, you can kind of show for... It's not just about your skill and ability, but it's just about how you can demonstrate your good qualities to others and yourself. You know, that is just... I think that is so important because I think with... um, Games, lifetime games such as golf and tennis, that the sportsmanship and the personality, so to speak, that you display on the court and off the court is right. really a lot of part of the game. Because you could, if you're a total jerk off the court, right. you know what I mean. You, you have to keep that that example of sportsmanship and, right. and good quality sportsmanship. Yeah, and so it's twofold. It's not only a physical game; it's a mental game, and it's also uh, an integrity type. Yes, yeah, so true. The game of integrity, which I love, because I think <clears throat> golf is so much like that too. Um, it's just hard if you play golf and then you play tennis; you get so screwed up because you know they're <laughs> totally two different swings. And right, that's right. <laughs> it's craziness. Um, so here, which I think you just have a beautiful setting here. Isn't it beautiful? It's wonderful. Yeah. And I, I love the idea that this club, which I think is really wonderful, um, has a program that starts the kids in golf and tennis. And that's all they do. It's, yeah. And they can swim during their lunchtime in the lake. So it's not like they can go and have the pool and have choices. They come for their junior or children's day. Yes. And they play. They get a lesson in golf and they play nine holes. Wow. And then they come and they swim in the lake and they're dip and have their sandwich. And then they come at tennis. And you start them out, as you said, really young. Yes, we do. Yeah, it's, it's basically a, a, a full-day camp um, where the kids get to experience golf and tennis and swimming and get a great lunch from the amazing uh, staff inside the clubhouse. So it's really a neat event. And and gosh, Shauna, this tradition's been going on for how many years with Children's and Juniors Day? Years. Yeah. And you know, that's what Lake Geneva Country Club really stands by. Their motto or the mantra is, we are, we are not we are a club in the country. We are not a country club. Right. And, I mean, this has such rich and distinctive heritage here that um, it's really a part of history. And the game of golf and tennis is a part of it also. Yeah. So that's really cool. Tell us about what's the latest. What's the latest in gear? So, um, Shauna, I, um, I carry mainly Wilson products. <clears throat> There's all different kinds of tennis brands out there. Prince, Babolat. Yonex, Vocal, uh, the list goes on, but um, I work really well with my Wilson representative, and so he hooks me up with the latest um, technology, and so there's really rackets that Wilson provides for all ages and abilities, Um, and so what they have now is um, their spin effect technology, so Wilson is getting more into creating more spin for on court and um, so what I'm holding in my hand right now is the Pro Staff 97 ULS Um, and the Pro Staff is just one particular racket within the whole family of Wilson so this is kind of more for like your more advanced player Um, the the Pro Staff yeah 
someone that's been playing the game for a while and that understands the strokes and stuff. Now, they have they gotten rid of the big-headed rackets? They still have those. Um, so th this head size is a 97, which means uh, 97 square inch. And um, it's, I would say, more on the lower end spectrum of head sizes. Usually when you're more of an advanced player, the, you don't need such a, a large head size. You, you basically know where to strike the ball. So this is going to be more of a crisper feel, if you will. And then they still have their larger head sizes, which you've referred to earlier, which is what I'm holding in my hand. This is the Ultra XP110S. And 110, of course, stands for 110 square inch. So this is much larger than the 97. Um, oh, great looking rackets. Great looking racket. The cosmetics have changed. So there's you know great colors uh, for men and women. They've got the blues and the pinks still around. Um, and this is probably a racket that's geared more towards the intermediate to beginner player mm -hmm. that needs a larger head size for, you know, a larger sweet spot when they strike the ball. Mm -hmm. So, so um, DJ, tell us about, is stringing the racket and how your, do you want your strings, so to speak, to be strung tight? Mm -hmm. Or do you want a little bit of a, you want it to be tight? Well... Um, it's a great question, Shauna. So uh, I do a lot of stringing here at the Country Club, and uh, I offer different cut types of strings to what the member prefers. Um, but in terms of tension with what you're asking, um, you can string on the high side, usually about um, 65 pounds, which is super tight, and that's going to get you more of... Okay, you're listening to The Girlfriends on webtalkradio.net and we're sitting here with DJ Dusker at Lake Geneva Country Club. He's giving us tips. Um, right now we're talking about the latest in um, equipment for the great game of tennis. So I'm so glad if you're tuning in, we're getting a wealth of information about the game. So kudos to you and thank you very much for coming on our show. So go on, um, DJ. Yeah, so we were just talking about the string tension. Um, on the higher side, if you're stringing about 65 pounds, you're going to get um, a more control feel of the ball. And when you string lower on the tension, you know, generally 50 to 55 pounds, um, you're going to get more power. Basically, the easiest way to explain that is like a trampoline effect. So when you're on your trampoline, you're getting a big bounce, a big spring, so it's more of a looser feel. Um, and if you like uh, middle of the road, then you'll string, you know, the tension in between those two. Um, you know, I'm just wondering about these great players, these tennis players that we have out there, and it's such a a huge competitive field right now. Yeah. Are, when these people are training, let's say, are real pro celebrity tennis players. Now with the technology of music and all, are they using their headphones and are they using any kind of a music technology for tempo or swing? Yeah, um, I, I don't know about um, swing per se, but tempo, absolutely. Um, like the players that you'd see on TV, um, the popular ones, Novak Djokovic, Rafael Nadal, Roger Federer on the women's side, Serena and Venus Williams. Okay, so these kinds of players will have their earbuds in and listening to music to kind of psych and pump themselves up. So I think that's, you know, with with the the music technology nowadays, 
they're live streaming their greatest songs and they're getting ready to to play um, before they step on the so it's more of a mental gear up fire up yeah exactly which is so important and at least i find it you kind of have to be in the mode yes now with your professionals how often do you think they practice and how many hours per day and how many days per week uh on the pro tour yeah um yeah they're putting in at least three four hours a day on court and they're if not doing the same amount of hours off court um each day so it's a Continuous um, work, um, just like golf, it's it's a year-round play. So it's not like baseball where you just have a season, you know, from April to October. Tennis is year-round, January to December. And so these players are not only working their butts off off-court, but also on-court 24-7 to prepare for these matches that they're playing in. So... It's quite unique, just it's, like golf. You know, tell me, how much strain does that take on the body? I mean, I, you know, in comparison to all your professional sports, you know that these yeah. professional football players get paid muku bucks. Yeah. But they're, in the long run, really damaging their body. Right. And so you get that a lot in the basketball field. Golf, not so much, but we got Tiger Woods out with a back break. Mm-hmm. And... You know, in the later years after their careers, are they feeling it in their knees or in their joints? Or yeah, I would it- say they're definitely feeling it in the body. I mean, it takes a toll on the body, and um, but you know, they they get paid to do what they love, so I think they 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 accept that mm-hmm. for what's going to happen later in life. Uh, but yes, it will you know take a toll on the body for. For what they're doing to their bodies at that young age, um, it's really doing a lot to the knees, to the ankles, to their shoulders, to their back. And so, you know, that's something to take into account when you kind of decide what you want to do. So what are some good tips to strengthen and tone up for endurance to get to that level, a higher level? Oh, good question, Lauren. That's a great question. So, yeah. (laughs) So uh, there's a lot of things you can do for endurance. Running long distances to kind of, um, you know, uh, get get your um, endurance level up really high, um, and also short, quick sprints. Mm-hmm. So tennis is a lot about um, short, quick adjustment movements, and um, so you know, quick bursts of energy is something that you can do, um, not only long distance but short, quick distance as well. Um, so. You know, I would say running, um, working out with low uh, weights, um, and uh, quick repetitions. So, um, those are you want to when you're whenever you're doing things like that off court, um, you want to kind of mimic the motions that you're doing on court. Mm -hmm. What are some good nutritional tips for a tennis player? Yeah, um, that's a great question too. So, uh, you know, sticking with the Fruits and veggies is always a good game plan. Um, trying to stay away from the cheeseburgers and fries, <laughs> but uh, you know it's it's funny because you want to kind of load up on some good carbs maybe before a good tournament to have that energy stored in your body um, and tons of water. Um, drinking, yeah. staying hydrated, especially out in the hot weather. You know, here at Lake Geneva Country Club, we have some pretty hot days, and so it's nice to keep that water. Uh, in the body electrolytes too with you know your gatorades and and sport drinks 
but you want to kind of be a little bit cautious of how much sugars you're taking in as well. So I would say more water than sport drinks. Yeah, but. Gatorade has tons of sugar in yeah. it. Yeah. And Propel and all of that. Right. Um, just to our favorite listeners, just to let you know, um, we will have um, DJ's bio on our website, which is the-girlfriends.com. And also we'll have some uh, information on the equipment and where to go to to buy. But you have to go to, you're listening, by the way, to <laughs> the girlfriends on webtalkradio.net. <laughs> I was kind of getting a little screwed up there. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I just, I, I think that the whole, tell me a little bit about the shoes. Yeah, so um, Wilson also comes out with some great shoes. Great looking colors. Great colors. Um, uh, new technology in the lower uh, portion of the of the shoe. Um, big gaps with the uh, tread, and um, and so this is nice, especially on the clay courts that we have here at Lake Geneva Country Club. Digging into the clay, so you can move from side to side with all those good lateral movements. Uh-huh. And I think the girls, um, the colors popping on their shoes a little bit better, uh, but same kind of tread on the bottom. So, yeah, they make good, great footwear, and it's important to have good tennis shoes when you're playing, not running shoes. And that's maybe something that our listeners could pay attention to as well. So a lot of people have, you know, some foot injuries, and so maybe that's because they're wearing running shoes. But that happened to me. To have support yeah. when you're doing, because the difference with tennis is you're going side to side. Right. And you have to have that big support. Not that you have to have the shoe up on your ankle, but just that base. Yes. Because I was doing in running shoes, and it, that is not the way to go. No. So um, so that's important to, you know, to pay attention. Running shoes are built so that you can go straight. And just like Shauna had made attention to that you know you're doing a lot of lateral movement and also vertical movement but short quick sprints so having a good tennis shoe is important to stay um keeping your feet healthy you know let me ask you this here with all your clothes yeah got some adidas yeah some great adidas stuff for men yeah i love the fact that the club lake geneva country club has the all-white policy which yes. i'm a, a, a big believer in yes um, i just think it it keeps the integrity of the sport together and one it looks cool when you're out there right um but a big seller is adidas mm-hmm. or would you say you're wilson uh i would say uh, adidas and we also carry some nike shirts as well um so right, this skirt right here looks like it could fit a barbie doll I mean, <laughs> this, is, this is the tiniest little skirt and it's for it is a a toddler three yes Oh my gosh, it is so cute. And that's actually from a company called Little Miss Tennis, which is based out of uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. So we do a great job with um, their clothing for the juniors and um, some great Wilson, Adidas, and Nike apparel for the for the adults. So well, I know we're that trying to cover everyone. Yeah, yeah. And you, it looks like you have. Yeah, really, it does. Um, I, I see all these tennis players; they're always carrying two rackets. Do they carry the same type of racket, or do they carry two different types? Uh, well, and is that for because if they break a string? Or yes. Uh, generally, you'll see players carrying the the same racket twice, um, just because, like you said, if they do break a string, they have a nice backup to go to. Um, but uh, you know, the players that are carrying 
one racket and then another one that's different um, is okay, but you're not going to get the same kind of feel if you do break a string on the first. What about the mental game? Is it really that important? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Great question. Yeah, so um, for all those high-level tennis players out there that are listening, um, obviously the mental game is important. You know, you don't want to psych yourself out of the match, yeah. but you want to prepare mentally for the match. And so you're basically kind of going through the swings before you actually do them physically. Okay. Um, and, you know, if you know your opponent, then you, you kind of have a an upper hand on on the game before you actually play. If you don't know your opponent, then you got some work to do when you're out there. But staying strong mentally is important because it's all about what you can do. Nobody else is out there to help you. Now, how do you do that? Like, what's a way to do that that you use or you teach? Yeah, so it's hard to teach um, a lot of mental toughness, but just to stay true to yourself and be confident with your swings. A lot of these kids and adults that have been working and training with me have been doing it for a long time. So to understand what you're doing and to follow through with it is important. So I, I think it's important to stay confident with everything that you're doing. And if you can maintain that confidence, then you're going to have a better level of success in the future. I think, Lauren, you and I should go back home get our whites on, come over here and hit some balls. Sure. With DJ. Yes. I really do. We could take off some pounds by doing well, that, that's for sure. And that's I'm going right. to come and get your cardio class. All right. Which I think is going to be a, a great thing for the yeah. summer. Anyway, DJ, it was really delightful talking to you. And if you have any questions for DJ, um, please put your comments on the Dash Girlfriends Dot com, our website, and once again, you're listening to The Girlfriends on webtalkradio.net. Thank you so much. Okay, favorite listeners, we're moving on now. We've just finished our little segment of tennis. Thank you for joining us here at webtalkradio.net. We're The Girlfriends, and I'm here with Lauren Wyka, and we are now um, over in the golf house, which is a fabulous, and we're sitting here with Dave Hawkins. Dave, I'm so glad you're here with us. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad. Um, anyway, Dave right now is the golf professional at Lake Geneva Country Club. He's been working with Lake Geneva Country Club for years, and he has taken over the job of making this whole club happen, all their tournaments, everything, which I know you have a very, very active schedule. And I want to have you reach out to our listeners that are beginners, intermediate, and also advanced golfers and kind of give them some tips on how to get their groove on, get their clubs out of the garage, and kind of get things happening. But first, give us a little bit of your background and how you got interested in golf. First time I knew I wanted to be in golf professionally was uh, in high school. I went to work for a PGA member in Minnesota, and as an 18-year-old kid, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but after working for him, I figured it out. So I've worked at a golf course ever since and just became a PGA member in 2009 and uh, first year as head golf professional here. That's so great. And I hear you're teaching and your lessons are unbelievable. They're okay. Well, I, I hear from all the people that have taken the lessons that you've really done a great job. What would you say for our um, listeners if, let's just take a person like, Lauren, do you play golf? No. 
Okay, so if Lauren were to come out here, what would you do with someone that said, hey, Dave, I want to learn the game? First thing we would do is probably figure out, make sure we have some equipment that uh, is acceptable, meaning correct length. Also, uh, making sure that we have uh, something that would fit them properly. And then we would work on basics within the golf swing. We'd start with some grip and just kind of some basic fundamentals. So the, the grip is really important, isn't it? It is, yeah. And I heard, or at least I didn't hear, I read from um, a book by Arnold Palmer, and he always said, hold the club handle like you were holding a bird. So it's not really tight, which I, I right. fault myself at doing, but to hold it as a gentle grip yeah. that you don't have to kill it. Yeah. Another cool one that I learned a long time ago was tube of toothpaste without a cap on. Don't <laughs> oh. squeeze it too hard. Oh, that's good to think of. A tube of toothpaste without a cap. So you, that's great. Squeeze it too hard and you've got a mess. Now, what are you doing here with uh, equipment? What type of equipment are you really fond of here at Lake Geneva Country Club? Uh, two different types of clubs that we carry. Uh, Wilson staff, which has been great to me. They've been uh, taking care of a couple of us here on staff. And also Ping. Wilson must is really the hit. They must have some really great representatives because we were just over talking to DJ, and he was also saying he had a great success run with Wilson. Uh, Wilson's a Chicago company, and so they're close to home for us, and they seem to take good care of us, so that's important. That's great. Well, snaps, snaps, girlfriend, for Wilson. So you also have the ping. Yes. Which do you play with? Wilson. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. I'm going to try the Wilson out myself. Try the Wilson out. Okay, so for let's say for the inter, inter, intermediate player, let's say for myself, one that's been playing for years and not a really dedicated golfer, mm -hmm. but has a good swing and has a, you know what, I play the game, I enjoy the game. Um, I'm not a great golfer, but I play with a good attitude. So what would be three of your major tips to give to me? I don't know if I'd say three major tips. I'd say... Uh, I'll use this analogy. You have your car break down on the side of the road. You're not going to start repairing the engine right away. You're going to check some basics. You're going to check to make sure you have air in your tires, you have gas in the engine. So I would I just buy a new car. I'm sure you would. <laughs> Two of them. Buy one, get one. Yeah, buy uh, one, get one free. Yeah, there you go. So it's really on the individual, not so much in general, but start with always the basics. So alignment, grip, stance. All that good stuff. You know, when I when I play, I what you know, I try not to think too much because you can get so technical. And when I go out with my husband, you know, he's you know, the first hole, he's like, you know, you gotta do this, you gotta turn, you gotta do that. But I always think of keeping my head down, staying still, and swing slow. That's kind of my groove, and that's a really simple way of putting that. But if I can do that, it's kind of a mental analogy that I, I can mm -hmm. carry through 18 holes. Um, what are other some little tips? I think the probably the most important one is just if you're ready to hit the ball, hit the ball. If you're not ready, it's probably not going to be a very good shot. So you have to be confident in your ability. Uh, whether you're doing a podcast, if you weren't comfortable and didn't have confidence, you wouldn't be doing it. That's right. So you have to be comfortable over the ball to hit it. 
And you know, it's funny because you do get a feeling. For those listeners that haven't played golf, and for those listeners that have played golf, you know what I'm talking about. You do get a feeling. You get a feeling of like you're set up right. You feel good over the ball. And there's other times I can get there and I'm like, ooh, my grip's weird. And you step back. But my problem is I always feel like, oh, no, I'm keeping, I'm taking too long. I'm letting people wait. So I rush my my shot. So that's a good tip to, you know, feel good, be confident. In, and I guess that comes from really getting out on that driving range. Yeah, repetition for sure. Yep. And repetition. Yep. So, Dave, here at the country club, what ages are you teaching? Oh, man, over the years it's been anywhere from 14, or excuse me, four years old and up. So, no cap on the age. So, how are those little rascals, those little... Keep the lessons short and fresh and keep them moving. Uh, attention spans a little shorter with young kids, so... We usually just keep those shorter and uh, engage in fun. Now that's a really good. That's a really good. Well, everyone loves fun. I mean, who doesn't love fun? But tell me, how many um, young golfers? Is it the majority more female, more male? Yeah, as we see, maybe like the six-year-old is pretty well balanced, but as we get into the teenagers, it's more boys and girls. So it starts dwindling a little bit. All right, so come on, girls. Get out there and hold the game. I know it's frustrating, but you know what? Stay at it. All you need is like three good shots, and you're still in the game. And that's one thing I do love about golf. You might have a really bad hole, and you might be in a competition. And, you know, in some sports you'll think, oh, game's over. But not with golf. You can always come back. You can always do a great recovery shot, or you can sink one of those big, long putts that makes you feel like a million bucks. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when I'm out on the putting green, what Shauna does is I look at the hole, and I'm like, okay, $10,000. I get (laughs) $10,000 if I make this putt. Shopping spree. <laughs> Shopping spree for me. Love it. Um, tell us about uh, what do you think about the new trends in fashion? I know that you're buying for um, now. Yeah. What lines are you buying? So for men's lines, pretty stable. Uh, Peter Millar, Fairwing Green, uh, Donald Ross, and we have a private label. That's our Lake Collection this year. For ladies, we've got Peter Millar, EP Pro, uh, Polo coming in shortly. Um, probably one more in there. Carter That's good. Buck. Yeah. And I hear you're going to get some Ralph Lauren for the ladies, huh? Yeah. So what do you think is your most popular line? I think the polo will be most popular when it comes I out. I am so glad you're getting polo. Yay! <laughs> um, the one thing that... I love the Peter Millar, though. Yeah. And I love uh, for... Women, the Peter Millar. Mm-hmm. Runs a little big, but I like that. But that's just my own personal thing. But I also see that you have some um, Annika. Annika is made by Cutter Buck, yep. Yeah, and what about, um, do you carry any Jamie Sadek? No. Yeah, it's a little wild for here, don't you think? Pretty conservative place. Now, you have to understand, listeners, my favorite listeners, that you're listening to the webtalkradio.net, and we're going to have some of Dave's information and some of his go-to, such as his Wilson Clubs and some of the lines that he likes, on our website, which is the 
dash girlfriends.com and um, I once again I have to give you a great history about this club it is grooves itself on tradition 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 once again the mantra is we're a club in the country not a country club it's probably one of the most difficult clubs to get into um, they don't like change um, and they keep things at a slow, steady pace, which there's something really nice in this we're in, in this day that we're in this fast-paced world. But my question to you was: the game of golf. Do you feel that it's over the years? Do you feel like we've come into major new technology? Yeah, it's uh, definitely changed a lot. We have a lot of technology that we've seen being plugged into just the golf instruction part of the world now. Uh, just a few feet away from me in uh, a carrying bag is a launch monitor which detects what the ball and club is doing. That alone is about a $10,000 uh, unit by FlightScope. Really? Yeah. Now, it looks like it's, a, it's, in a, it's like as big as a computer. Correct. So you carry that on the golf course? It is portable. We put it out at the range. We'll bring it out for lessons. It sets up 10 to 12 feet behind a player, and it just tracks the data that uh, the Now, is it has. videotaping? Radar. So basically, when these things were built, it was built for missiles on an aircraft carrier. So it detect how high in the air, what speed the missiles were going. No kidding. Then they figured out, hey, it would work for golf. So if I were to take a lesson and do this, you'd give be able to give me the speed of my golf swing mm-hmm. and the... And 25 other data points. But am I watching this? No. Nah. I'm not You're watching my swing. Yeah. Oh, interesting. That's great. That's really wonderful. Tell us what you think is the best ball to play. Everybody is unique, so some people have fast swing speeds, some people have slow. Some golfers will want more spin around the green, so it does depend. Uh, what we carry in stock here is the Wilson Duo, which is a softball with a high spin cover. Wilson, excuse me, that was a Duo urethane. Wilson Duo is a softball, uh, and then Tylus Pro V1, Pro V1X. If you're hitting a ball, let's say, I don't know if I'm a fast swinger, but I like to hit a strong ball. Mm-hmm. What ball would you suggest? You can always start in the middle and work one way. So duo your thing. Duo? Urethane. thing. Oh, great. It's like do your thing. There you <laughs> go. Dual thing. Lauren, do you have any questions for Dave? Uh, I'm just concerned. Let's see. What what do you do to calm your nerves when you're out um, golfing for 18 holes and you're kind of losing track and you're kind of losing? And what do you do to get back in? Like yeah. if you're in competition. Yeah, and you're down and out. So you can't drink? Oh, yeah. My kind of game. Yeah. So the biggest thing you actually want to do is stay in the moment, one shot at a time. Mm-hmm. Most important shot is the next shot. So you have to forget about any poor shots you've had and uh, go for that next one. So if I were a basketball player and a great basketball player shooting a free throw and I missed my first one, I would know, you know what, I know I can get the second one. Law of averages. So you just have to keep uh, 
thinking that that shot is your most important one. You know, and that's something, favorite listeners, that we've said always. Stay in the moment, no matter what game you're playing. Even if you're playing the game of life, be present, stay in the moment. But I think that's a really huge tip in the game of golf because that last shot that you hit or that last putt that you didn't make, you got to shake that off and you got to let it go and you got to stay present and the next shot is the most important shot. And that's where the competition of the mind comes in. Mm -hmm. You can't beat yourself up and get yourself out of the game. And that's what we normally do. I'm a bad golfer. Um, I I realized something. I took a lesson one time, and they told me that you can't go up on top of a tee box and say, I hate this hole. I hate this hole. Because right there you're doing a mindset of you're not going to play well on this hole. So you got to be out there saying, I love this game. It's so much fun. I love this hole. This is beautiful. This is great. So it's kind of, you know, positivity, positivity, mm-hmm. positivity. Yep. You can't Definitely. really go for the tantrums. Tantrums don't pay off. No, they don't pay off, do they? Um, so, Dave, what else, Lauren? Uh, what's the biggest mistake you see from amateur golfers on the course? And how can they fix what they're doing? Yeah, I mean, I guess the uh, biggest mistake would be not knowing what to do and not asking. Okay. Uh, it could go a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. So maybe they don't know how to play a certain way or maybe etiquette of the game, and okay. they can certainly learn that by asking the proper people. Usually at a golf course, as PGA Pro. You know what, and that's very true. The sportsmanship, once again, here plays a huge role. You can have a great game. And you can have the mental, but it's off the. It's the way you handle that shot. You're not throwing clubs. You're not doing tantrums. The sportsmanship to keep the integrity of the game of golf up to its highest, highest uh, degree. What else do you have there, Lorne Lou? Uh, when you practice, what do you work on, and for how long do you work on each part of your game? Yeah, so that's a good one. So when I practice, I try and figure out what I'm doing well or maybe what I'm doing poorly, work on the poor things or things I need to gain confidence in. Um, You know, like when you're on the golf course, you want to hit a good shot. If you don't feel like you can, you're not going to. Mm -hmm. So you need to be in a state of mind where you have that confidence. So find the confidence through practice. So it might change time to time. And then uh, how long? I would say it depends on everybody. If you're forcing yourself to do it and you're not enjoying it, it's too long. Interesting. Dave, so let's say for a player and they're going out to play, should they go through the run of their clubs? Let's say I'm out on the driving range. Mm -hmm. Or should they go through what they're having problems with? Let's say it's a chip shot and kind of do chip shots. I mean, what, or would they hit the putting green? Do you do all three of those things? Or do you just do practice with something that you're having problems with? Probably if you're going to practice before you play is you probably want to hit some full swing shots, see which ball, excuse me, which direction the ball is going. If it ends up going further right than you're used to, then you can play knowing that knowledge that your ball may be going further right than normal. And always hit the putting green. Yeah, why not? Well, I know. And you know what? That's one thing I always skip. But I've learned it's so important because you learn how the ball is going to roll. 
whether it's going to be fast. Yeah, it changes every day, even if it's at the same place. Now, for women, I've noticed by looking at these girls that are now professionals and playing the women's golf, that their shorts are getting really short, short. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's okay now. It's a new thing? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, is that okay? Not everywhere. Not here? No. No. And what, what what's the dress code? Men have it easy, as they always do. They go to a black tie party, they put their penguin suit on, and they're fine. <laughs> and they put their little shorts on and their shirt, and they're fine. Uh-huh. But for women, it's... Well, every place is a little bit different. We're pretty conservative, so we have basic, um, you know, golf shoes, golf top, skirt, skirt, shorts, or pants. And you have a collar on your shirt. Yeah. And you have a, a, a skirt, a skirt, or a pair of shorts or capris that are almost like maybe three inches above your knee. Yeah, like Bermuda length is what they call it here. Oh, cool. Dave, I'm so glad we got a little bit of a chit-chat with you. <laughs> Thanks for you having me. You know, you're always pearls of wisdom. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. And um, we will be coming back at you probably in the latter part of the summer. Okay, I'll lock the door. Yeah. Oh, well, oh <laughs> Dave's going to lock the door on the girlfriends. <laughs> Thanks for being here. And you're listening to The Girlfriends on webtalkradio.net. Summer's on, so get your clubs and get your rackets out of the garage and onto the court or course. Bye, listeners.